The beauty CEO generation is here. More than ever, we are using our skills to grow our income on our terms. This is your dose of business coaching. I'm your host, Jessica, a nail tech turned beauty CEO. I take my experience of buying, growing, and selling a successful business while managing a family, overcoming obstacles, and learning to trust the process. I'm obsessed with talking about life and business, and here we don't hide away from the tough subjects. We talk about the challenges of growing a business, marketing, self-development, and challenging old beliefs to support you in going after your money and life goals. It's your time to rise and step into your power. So let's do it. Welcome, friends. I am so pumped to be back in the studio recording content for you in 2023. There has been so much going on, I'm sure, in your life and in my life too. And we are about to launch season two, and it is full of juicy topics because this year I have planned everything around three main areas that I know that you need help with and I need help with as well. I'm really keeping a focus on these three and making it as simple as possible for everyone to be able to start a business, continue growing their business and reaching their goals that they want. So what are those three things? Simplifying, taking action and focusing on profits. That is what this year, 2023, is all about. And I think it's the perfect time because with everything going on in the world and everyone trying to figure out how we're dealing with the next stage of our life as business of this new world that we're living in, this is really what is going to help push you forward. And that is what I'm here for. That's what I do inside my private coaching. And I'm ready to bring that to all the content that I make inside the Beauty CEO HQ and here on the podcast, Rise of the Beauty CEO. So today I'm actually starting off the new season with a series and the series is all based on how to make your business resilient. Resilient in 2023, what does it mean? What does it look like? How can you build that inside your business? Now, with the talk of what's going on with interest rates and income and all the rest of it, I really thought this was the perfect opportunity for me to share with you my own experience of buying and growing a business in the GFC that happened in around about the 2008-2009 mark, which is exactly when I was buying my business. And I thought it would be beneficial to you for me to bring that personal experience, that knowledge of running that business in a time of financial uncertainty. And no, this isn't going to be a fear-mongering episode or series. This is actually really juicy and it's exciting. I definitely recommend that you stick with me and go through this process of learning how you can build resilience inside your own business. So back in 2008, I actually bought my very first business. I had rented spaces before in different salons, but in 2008, I actually invested, got a loan, and I invested in buying a business, and it was just as the GFC hit. Yep, a young girl with a dream and no concern for what was going on around me. Now, I did know a little bit of what was going on because my clientele was a 
affected by the GFC. They had their investments. They were living on super. So I knew a little bit of what was going on, but I decided to just buckle down. People were still running businesses. People were telling me in a financial crisis, that is when the true entrepreneurs really take shape because they're the ones that have the courage and the guts to go after their dream and make it work. And I decided at the age of 25, that was going to be me. I think I was even 24, actually. So I bought my business. I hired a team of staff. I expanded my offers and I bought my second business to help expand my space. And the rest I'll fill you in later on in this episode. This is the first one of the four that I'm planning on putting out for you, building resilience inside your beauty business. We're going to talk about the importance of building resilience inside your business during this financial downturn and what it can look like and how it can help you to still be successful. The first tip that I recommend, I actually did myself, all these tips, by the way, I actually put into place inside my own business. And this was just a natural understanding of how I wanted to run my business and what I had thought would work. I tried it and I can tell you that these four things really did. So my first tip is diversifying your revenue streams. What does that mean inside a service-based business? Diversifying your revenue streams. You can consider offering new services or products to generate additional revenue and decrease the dependency on one single source. So one single service that you offer. I did both of these things inside my business. And I am going to give you all the juicy examples on how I did that and why I did that. But the first one is you can either go all in on one area of your business. So let's just say you are a nail tech like I was. You want to drive people through your marketing to your business and you're going to focus only on one service, which is your nails but you're going to be able to diversify what you're offering. So with that, we bought in Minx Nails. We started offering and jumped on the bandwagon straight away of gel polish. So even though I was getting more different treatments in, so I was diversifying what I offered, I was able to still focus in on one service and then bring in different types of clientele because I was offering acrylic nails, I was offering gel polish, I was offering minks, I was offering pedicures. So that was like a whole one service, but then I had lots of different streams of that coming into the business. And I really set myself up as the expert in my area for these treatments. Then you've got the second option, which is completely bringing in a new service that you know that your clientele wants and needs that brings in more profit. I used both of these tactics to be able to grow my income and my client base. So I'm going to walk you through it. As the nail tech first, through and through, I knew this was my bread and butter. So when I started to look at what I could start to grow in, of course, I had fear around, oh my goodness, what happens if all my staff leave? What happens if I can't get staff to come in that day? I knew with nails that I could do it no matter what happened. I could lose with the whole team and I would be able to go in there and do it myself. I could do that service with my eyes closed. So I knew that was the smart thing for me to do to be able to go deep in 
with that one service and start to diversify how I got my income in through the different niches under the umbrella of nails. Then once the profits started coming in and I made a few extra moves, which I'll explain later in my points next, I bought in new services and a new product line that had a higher profit margin. Because I had already had made some smart moves with my finances, I was able to shift my focus to now diving into higher profit margin services. So this is when I bought in facials and body treatments and I started looking around for brands I would be able to retail in my salon that weren't really stopped in a lot of salons around my area. So I started to invest in a product that I knew would suit my clientele. But I didn't make that move until I knew I had room for it inside my business plan. Is where the next three points start to come into it. My tip number two is streamlining expenses. I reviewed my expenses weekly and I looked for areas where I could cut costs without sacrificing the quality of the services. The things I started to look at were my products. Could I buy them cheaper if I bought them in bulk? Where could I go to be able to have easier access to these things, including free postage? Could I go and pick them up? Or did I get a huge discount if I'm buying more than 12? So I started to bulk buy. I also started to reduce my services that I did not want to do anymore or that weren't making me enough profit. I started to streamline how my menu looked because too often we just start sticking so many different services on there thinking that we're going to be able to attract more clients where in reality it just gets messy. You're storing too much stock. You're having to outlay all this money for stock that you might not even be making a profit on and that it's actually taking up space for other things that you could be doing. When I started to streamline my expenses, I went to my rent straight away because I knew that my staff were actually the key for the lifestyle that I wanted and for the next move in my business. And if I could get my rent to be reduced, I would be able to then grow the business in a more profitable way. That's exactly what I did. I bit the bullet. I moved my salon. It was only 500 meters down the road, but I was able to secure a very good lease and it wasn't too far away. So there was no disruption to my clientele, which was a smart move. And it also cut my rent in half. I readjusted my staff levels. I started to look at, right, how many staff do I actually need? What days are we open? How can I spread the staff out? I really started to look at what was a profitable move with my opening hours. If I had my lease and I was paying for seven days, how could I manage those days and be open with my staff level? So I really started to look at that. Again, I looked at my home budget, of course, and I looked at my expenses. What other things was I buying that I really didn't need? And that includes magazines, extra drinks, extra anything extra that isn't actually needed or bringing in much of a profit of the business, I reviewed them regularly. So many people tend to hide away from their finances in fear that they're not going to understand it, it's too complicated, but really it's as complicated as what you want it to be. If you are a home business or you are renting space, or even if you've got a team, you don't have to overcomplicate it. You just need to start looking at what's coming in and what's going out. 
You don't need to have all these spreadsheets. You don't need to be printing out all these reports that our systems give you. You need to pick your three top reports of what's coming in, what's going out, how many retail products are you selling, and, and your breakdown of what you're doing per hour. They're the type of reports that you should be looking at. You don't need to get into the nitty gritty of it, but you do need to be reviewing it weekly to be able to keep ahead of the trends. So my tip number three is one of my favorite, and that is focusing in on your clients that you've already got. Building resilience inside your business is about looking at the easy fruit, the low-hanging fruit that you can grab without having to put too much effort into it. Did you know that the clients that are sitting there in your books in front of you right now are nine times more likely to buy from you than going out and finding a brand new lead? That is huge amount of possibility that is sitting in front of you that most people are giving up on because they don't want to hound people. They don't want to sound like they're being salesy. When you start to refocus your thought pattern on being that beauty CEO to understand what your customer wants from you, you can start to focus on your customer retention. Focusing on customer retention. Retaining your existing customers is more cost-effective than acquiring new ones. Once I really understood that figure, nine times more likely to buy from me again, I'd already built up the trust. I already know what these ladies want and they are willing to give us a go because they like us. So there's that trust factor, that like factor, and they've already spent with us. So all of that hard work has already been done. Offering loyalty programs and exceptional customer service to keep them coming back, of course, is the basic old-fashioned advice. Got to read book before your clients leave the room. Make sure that you've mentioned your retail in the room. That's old marketing style in our industry. And it used to drive me crazy when that's what people would tell me what to do. I was bored. I was like, I need more. I needed a more foolproof way of doing that. I didn't want to leave that up to my staff because what happens if my staff were having a bad day? What happens if my client didn't have her calendar on her? I didn't like the idea of leaving that as the only option to be able to connect to my clients and build a clientele. I didn't want to leave that factor, the only choice that I had, up to someone else. So I started to really focus on making connection with the customer after they left. I wanted to build a, another way to be able to do this in salon and after they left because I believe it is our responsibility as business owners to ensure that we are at the front of that client's mind when they decide that it is time to have a service done. I want to be the first port of call for that service. Things that I started to implement that went to that next level. So here comes the juicy part. This is what I did to ensure that I had other ways to connect with the clients that I already had. We had welcome kits. I actually found a photo of one of the cards that we had in our welcome kit. And you can look at that over at the blog, beautycohq.com, to have a look at that image that we made many years ago. But that was a part of the process of inviting them back in, showing them what other services that we had, making them an offer to come back in because they'd already visited us once. 
The one thing I didn't do in those welcome kits is actually put a referral card in there, like send us your friends, because I believe that we hadn't actually won that client over the first time they had come in. So any sort of new clients that we had, we did not ask them to refer clients to us because I needed to know that they were going to return at least three to four times to prove that we were offering the services that they wanted and that they were our type of client as well. So we didn't ask new clients to refer people to. I was working on impressing them as my client. I started to streamline my services. So we had facials, but our facials, and you might be the same, were an hour, an hour and a half. And I realized in these times that I was in, my target audience did not want an hour facial, an hour and a half facial every single time. So I started to look at who my target audience was and what did they want from their treatments. And for my ladies, it was less time, but the same result. So we started to shorten our um, services and then we priced them accordingly. And then we made that offer to them saying, hey, this is our maintained facial. This is our acne facial. They could have their first hour, hour and a half treatment, but then their review facials were a shorter time because our ladies were busy working. They had lunch dates. They had appointments they had to get to. They had all sorts going on. I knew that they didn't want to stay longer than 45 minutes inside the salon. I made that our services were no longer than 45 minutes. We were email marketing. The first thing that we did in 2008 was start collecting email addresses. I did not know what I was going to do with them, but my husband said to me, this is what we need to do when we buy this business. So that's what we started doing. I didn't start using them straight away, but I did start implementing, as you may have heard in my podcast before, my email marketing strategy. And it wasn't to sell to customers. It was a more detailed strategy on being that beauty business that they would go to and look for. I started to sell packages. I didn't offer loyalty cards. Like I said, I had a point system, but I also started packaging up services and selling it to my customers. So it wasn't a, every time you come in, you get your fifth one for 10% off. It was buy five and get your 10, 15% off. It was, that's how I'd locked them in. So the way that we did it was similar to a loyalty card, but instead of them having to have a card on them and lose it when they put it in their bag and forget it when they came and forget to stamp it, I actually had a point system and we sold packages. So clients could get their bonus, their loyalty bonus by actually paying up front. And what this did was actually lock the client in for their five treatments it gave them their loyalty rewards straight away and it gave us a cash injection and it also opened them up to buying retail in each of their treatments that they came. So you can see all these different layers that we added into our business strategy really started to play a part in the longevity of the business. Other little things that we did is I had a promotional monthly calendar that I would cycle through. And I would use in my email marketing, in my social posts, we had Facebook groups, we had Instagram, and I had people maintaining that for me. And I had a promotional monthly schedule that I would work with as well. I offered memberships and 
all of this ties into my last tip for this episode, and that is starting to diversify the way that we market and going into digital marketing. That is more than just posting a reel on Instagram. So investing in the right form of digital marketing in uncertain times is a really important skill to keep your business viable for potential clients. Utilizing social media, email marketing and online advertising or even free online SEO to reach a wider audience and promote your services. We built a website. We started to strategize how people were going to find us and what they were going to learn from us. We had a blog, we had a homepage, we had opt-ins, we had all sorts of things that I was able to, when someone landed on that page, convert them into either booking straight away or connecting with us via email. And that played a huge success in keeping us busy in those quiet times as well. That is how I did it. I got in front of the herd before it became really popular and it's still not being done. I do research for my private clients. I use special apps and I look at keywords and I look at what people are doing on their websites and they're still only doing the very basic things. Using digital marketing doesn't mean having to post a reel every single day, stand there and point and laugh and dance. But starting to use social media in a way that is aligned with your business goals and building a real marketing strategy to support those goals. Because I hear too many times that people are exhausted with social media, that it's not working anymore or that they hate posting on it or that they just don't know what to post. So they're just doing trending reels all the time. And putting posts up and stories is really great for connection. I love going on stories. You're always going to catch me on a story. I always am in the DMs. I'm talking to people. I love that about social media. That's what I really, really crave when I go on there. I'm looking to connect with people. But only using it as a quick win and not actually having a marketing strategy behind it, that is where you're going to fall into trouble because the minute that you stop posting, that's when you start to lose traction. I went deep on building my website. I went deep on email marketing. The phrase marketing strategy is a really big topic and it can be really overwhelming for people. And if you're interested in more detail on what is an actual marketing strategy and how to put one together, let me know by leaving me a DM or you can go over to my website where I've just put a new section of Ask the Beauty CEO. You can submit your questions directly to me about your biz, about your situation, about your mindset block, whatever it is. And I can see if I can put an episode together. Don't worry, it will be anonymous. But I can start to focus content around what it is that you're wanting. So those are the four tips for making your beauty business resilient in 2023. So to recap, diversifying your revenue streams, streamlining your expenses, Focusing in on customer retention. I gave you heaps of tips on how I did that inside my business. And then tip four is really coming up with a digital marketing strategy to be able to work on the long-term success 
of the content and the work that you are putting out. This is what I love to talk about inside my private coaching. This is what I get really excited about talking with my private clients inside my private coaching programs. And that is what I know is going to bring you less overwhelm in your business. It's going to simplify the steps that you have to do weekly inside your business to allow you to focus on the things that you really love doing. So that's it for today. If you want to learn more about becoming your own version of the beauty CEO, you can find me over at beautyceohq.com or over on Instagram. The link will be below, which is Jessica underscore Kidna. I'll see you next week. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening to the Rise of the Beauty CEO. But I have one more thing. If you have a topic or a situation you would love answered on the podcast, I actually have a new Ask the Beauty CEO section on my website, especially for you to submit questions or situations that you would love to hear me talk about. And if you want to find out how you can work with me, head over to thebeautyceohq.com to find out how.